Praise the Lord. I've done all these things at the world. Did you see that? Praise the Lord. Are you catching it? Okay. Verse 37 says, Hear me, O Lord. Hear me, that these people may know that thou art the Lord God, and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Hallelujah. You pick that? Now, the, the essence of the prayer was to turn the heart of the people back to who? To God. That is the essence of the prayer. That is all what the prayer is about. You see? Reconciling the people. Bringing them to father and son relationship again that was broken because they went into sin. Remember what we said sometimes, Jeremiah 4, the Bible tells us precisely, if there be intercessors, pray that these things will not go into captivity. Can you remember that? Good. God answered his prayer so that, apart from the Father, we know that you sent me, but that your heart will be turned back unto you. So the prayer of Elijah was to reconcile the whole nation back to God. That is the essence of this prayer. So there have to be a goal or an objective or a reason when you go into intercessory prayer. He was going to put the sons to convey their sins, but then the end result of bringing them all is that their heart will be turned back onto who? Unto God. Okay. So you see, from verse 31 to 32, we see that Elijah took 12 stones to build up the altar. And this is to represent the whole house of Israel that has sinned against the Lord as a way of interceding for them. The study is going give all the reason for the intercession. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that these people may know that thou art the Lord God and that thou hast turned their heart back unto you again, whatever. Hallelujah. Did you follow the picture there? It's very crucial you understand this, that when you are going into intercessory prayer, you should be able to see that you are not just only asking for the forgiveness of sin, you're bringing the people back to God into a relationship with him again so that he truly becomes your father and the people you're praying for become their sons. Hallelujah. Now, I just try to introduce that so that we'll go into what we have tonight. Okay. We are going to be dealing with the issue of washers and washmen as it relates to intercession. And I want you to be very careful. I don't know. Are you recording? Okay, fine. I want you to be very careful with this because, like I said, we're dealing with governmental prayers as it relates to intercessors. The authority of intercessors. Okay, now, Daniel chapter 4. Let's look at verse 13. The Bible says, I saw in the vision. Now, Nebuchadnezzar was speaking about the vision that he had. Is that okay? I saw in the visions of my head upon my bed and the holy watcher and, and holy one came down from heaven. And he cried aloud and said thus, Heal down the tree and cut off his branches, shake off his leaves, scatter his fruit, let the beast get away from under it and the fowls from his branches. First, you need to know about this. This is a prophecy about Nebuchadnezzar. God intends to get him out of the throne. Is that okay? The branches he's talking about is his domain, his authority over the people. The bears represent the nations and all those that are submitting unto Nebuchadnezzar. Understand prophetic languages. 
Sometimes if you have dreams and vision, you should be able to interpret them in relation to prophetic codes. Is that okay? He had this dream and he says, shake off these leaves, which has to do with the life, that has to do with the government, and scatter his fruit. People should no longer benefit from whatever it is. Remember, God also spoke to the sycamore tree or the, the, old, um, what, the fig tree. Let no man eat of your fruit. Now, it wasn't literal fruit he was talking about, but the religious system of the Jewish people. May no man partake. In fact, the Old Testament died, in quotes, for the very first day that Jesus said, let no man eat of the fruit of the fig tree. Is that okay? All right. Move on. Nevertheless, leave the stump of his fruit in the earth, even with a band of iron and brass. In the tender grass of the field, and let it be wet with the dew of heaven, and let his portion be with the beasts in the in the grass of the earth. Let his heart be changed from man's, and let beasts' heart be given unto him, and let seven times pass over him. Now, what is telling us here is what happened to Nebuchadnezzar when he was driven from the throne and sent into the bush. And uh, the scripture is so clear here that. The heart of a man was taken from him and was given the heart of a beast. But there was going to be in that condition for seven years. That's what he means. Seven times passed over him. I was going to be in the bush as it were. You know, seven years. Now, the Bible now said, this matter is by the decree of the washers. And the demand by the word of the holy ones. And you know to join those two. To the intent that the living may know that the most high ruleth in the kingdom of men and give it to whomsoever he will and set it up over it the business of men or business of men. Now, understand that. He said, all that was going to happen to Nebuchadnezzar was decreed by the washers as demanded by the holy ones. Hallelujah. And that this is being done so that men will come to acknowledge. Men will come to acknowledge that God rules in the affairs of men. He removes one king, brings in another one, and gives the authority of the dominion, so to say, to whomsoever he wills. And of course, not even because the person is a righteous man. The basis of men. Nebuchadnezzar was not qualified for anything. He was not a righteous man before God made him to have dominion over all. Are you following this picture now? Okay, so understand that. But now, we are not talking about removing him from the throne was to be determined by the watchers. Okay, follow. He rose in the kingdom of men and gave it to whosoever he will and set up over it and the basis of men. Who are the watchers of the sin? Hallelujah. He said, this is the decree of which people? The watchers. Who are these watchers? These are both angels, but of different orders. There seems to be a kind of judges of human actions who have the power of determining the affairs of men. You can check Daniel chapter 4 verse 17. We're going to look at that maybe as we progress. But it's important you notice this. Now again, I would like you to understand as we progress that there are certain things that God may even ask these angels to do and yet they don't know why they are doing what they are doing. 
I can prove that to you from the scriptures. That the salvation to whom, the Bible says Hebrews, Hebrews 1 verse 14 tells us precisely that the angels were ministering spirits sent for to minister to, be, to the heirs of salvation. Can you remember that? But Peter writes and said, the salvation we are talking about, even angels were peeping to know what it means. Can you imagine people working for those who receive the salvation yet they don't know what the salvation is all about? Are you following this now? So now, that because it's important I'm telling you this because there is something I'm going to mention that looks a little bit uh, difficult. So hard, if I may put it that way. Because of the popular saying about that particular scripture. We're going to find that out this evening. But understand this. So, these are these people. Now, they are positioned to report constantly to the sovereign law the doings of the nations to enable God effect changes as it is fit, especially in what I would term annual convention. And I'm going to use a scripture to prove this to you. That there is what we probably call an annual gathering of God and his people to get a report. You know, Master says, when he said, uh, you need to tell how to write a report. <laughs> Everyone that rules wants a report from those delegated to minister to the people. So you don't imagine a God who sent angels across the nations and did not get reports from them. So when do they get these reports? And I'm proposing to you that it is done annually. Where is the location? I don't know. But I'm going to make you see from the scripture that there was a gathering of such when a king's fate was to be determined. Hallelujah. Are you following? Okay. Now let me show you where I took that from. The annual gathering. Annual convention. Isaiah 14. You know verse 14. 13 to 14. Now commonly, people say this is Lucifer. And they say it's how to be an angel. But basically, if you take time to read from Isaiah chapter 13, you're going to understand that Isaiah 14 is just dealing with Nebuchadnezzar. It had nothing to do with an angel. One beat. Is that all right? Nothing to do with an angel that fell from heaven or something like that. When the Bible talks about you should be cast down, maybe we have to take time. No, we have it on CD, I'm sure. Uh, you remember that? The, the message in 2008 in South Africa. Please find time to study or listen to that CD. You need to put it up again on sale so that you can understand the issue of noble Christians under Isaiah 14. Or we may probably take time to do with, I mean, deal with it verse by verse so that you understand what I mean. Okay, however, listen. Thou hast said in the heart, I will ascend it to heaven and I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the size of the north. Now, I'm going to find time to interpret all of those things to you. Size of the north, mount of the Lord, and all of that and all of that. Now, the common question I used to ask, if he said he was going to ascend above heaven, so where was he? And where else was he ascending to? Huh? If already he's in heaven, because after where he was cast down, and he said he was going above heaven, so, I mean, it's all kind of crazy stuff. Now, the word congregation is, is the norm, the month in the Hebrew, which means properly an appointment. What you don't understand? That is a fixed time or season. Amen? When you look at congregation, what generally comes to your mind is if people gather together. But the Hebrew meaning is not primarily that. Congregation means a fixed time or season. 
That means there's a fixed time that God's sons comes together. And sons here, not just talking about children in terms of humanity. It has to do with the angelic host that comes together for one reason or the other. And so specifically, a festival. Conventionally, a year. By implication and assembly and so on and so forth. You can add whatever thing you want to add. But what is much more important to me, the first three definitions. What is it? An appointment. That is a fixed time or season. A festival. Conventionally, a year. Did you get that? Hey, are you with me? All right. So, from this we can find that there is a meeting that takes place yearly in the heavens when the fate of nations are to be determined. And this is where the watchers comes into play. How does it connect you? Are you one of the watchers? You are a watchman that relates to the watchers. And I'm going to make you see that. Praise the living God. I pray this thing will enable you to get more serious, especially those of us who are into intercessory work, so that you can understand your ministry is not a cheap one. It's a very serious one. And you're supposed to be aligned continually with the heavens to determine what should be. Okay. Now, uh, I would like us to see this from the book of 1 Kings chapter 1. Did I say chapter 1? No, no, no. Uh, first King chapter 22, I think that's where you're going to find that. Not First King chapter 1. First King chapter 22, you can just turn over there. Let me see. Um, okay, first go to First King 22. Maybe we'll come to that later, but just let's quickly go to Deuteronomy chapter 34. But what I want to make sure to you, First King chapter 22 was when the fate of Ahab was decided as to whether he should still remain a king or not. Amen? We're going to read it later. But what I'm trying to tell you now is, in this annual convention, which is a gathering of God and his people, the watchers and the holy ones, as you want to call that now, which is done annually, that is where the fate of nations are decided. Is that okay? Just like he said, he removes one king's, and gave the authority to the business of men. Remember that? Okay. So when is that decision done? Or when is it taken? It's taken on this fixed time. Which has to do with the congregation. This annual meeting. Now, let's begin to look at something very important. And critical to us in this study. In Deuteronomy 32 verse 7. Down to, let's say verse 11. But let's start reading from verse 7. Verse 7, the Bible says, Remember the days of old, consider the years of many generations. Ask thy father, and he will show thee. Thy elders, and they will tell thee. When the Most High divided to the nations their inheritance, when he separated the sons of Adam, sons of men, he said the bounds of the people according to the number of the children of Israel. What it means is, he used Israel as a deciding point. In other words, the nation revolves around, how do I put it now? How many of you understand that when you study geographically, the position of Israel is more like the center of the world in terms of the continent? Have you noticed that? Yeah, that's why they call it Middle East. It's, it's almost at the center of the continent. Now, what God did was, 
That's why he said, you're not the greatest. I chose you. He chose that nation strategically as a priestly nation so that from there his glory will spread out to the rest of the continent. That's why in Deuteronomy 4 he said, what nation is as wise as this nation who has laws and precepts? So God's intention was that his glory will spring forth and blaze out from Israel, which is more like the center of this continent. Is that okay? That's why I said, he uses the number of children of Israel to decide. Now, the key thing is, verse 9, for the lost portion is his people, Jacob is a lot of his inheritance. I tried to explain. He established the bands of the nations according to the number of the angels of God. That's another translation. When say children, I mean, the sons of God. It's angels of God, children of God, as the case may be. There's something I want you to understand here. When I say the number of angels are the heavenly courtiers, uh, I will explain that. But listen to this. Do you know that even in the book of Acts, Paul quoted this scripture. This particular Deuteronomy 32 was quoted by Paul himself in determining the boundaries of nations. So basically, there's no nation that I think is in place today that was not determined by God. And that is why the inheritance of nations must be properly washed over. And I have always said this, said this in 2005 when the Lord said I was ministering and he just came to me. One of the reasons why nations would definitely crash and get out of place is when they are unable to maintain their inheritance to take care of the populace because God ordained those resources for the sake of the people. But when a government does not think about the people and deplete the resources and the people are suffering, those things God ordained for donation literally goes out. Hallelujah. Now, why is that the number of angels? Like I said, it means the number of the heavenly courtiers. Courtiers are simply attendants at the court of a sovereign. That's what they call courtiers. Courts, courtiers. Is that okay? It's not a big English. The court is those within the throne, if you will, the court of the sovereign, of a king. So courtiers are the attendants to the king. In this case, the sovereign God. Now, in this context, they are the guiding angels of the nations, like you find in Daniel 10. And this is where we're going to look at very critical. Is that okay? Now, every nation, begin to follow now. Every nation, when God did this, had a ministering spirit, an angel, assigned to that nation. At the gathering of this yearly event, that angel attends that meeting to give reports of what is going on in that nation. Understand it? It's very, very important. When, if you look at, if you look at what we said there, for the lost portion is his people. Jacob is a lot of his inheritance. In Israel, he didn't appoint a ministering spirit. It was Christ himself who was now the head of the nation of Israel in the spirit realm. I'm going to also prove that to you. Hallelujah. So, first of all, when you, when you understand this, now take note. When this yearly event comes into play and then the ministering spirit watching over donation come to the meeting, everybody's coming with, with his reports. Is that okay? 
And so it's like saying, okay, Ghana, what is going on there? And the, the prince of Ghana, which is supposed to be the angel of Ghana. No, okay, some of you get confused about what I'm trying to say. Can you turn to Daniel chapter 12? Very quickly. Read Daniel chapter 12 very quickly. Are we there? What do you find there in Daniel 12? In Daniel 12, Jesus himself is called the prince of the people of God. Did you see it? Hey. You find it in your Bible? Good. So Israel do not have another prince. And this is the same prince. Help me Lord. That you find in Exodus 23. When he said, I'm sending an angel before you. My name is in him. Don't offend him because he will not pardon. It was not another angel. It was Christ that was going before them. Now, if the same person that appeared when Joshua saw him with a sword drawn. And he said, are you for us or against us? It was the same prince over Israel. Christ himself. Are you following what I'm saying now? Alright. So every nation has a prince. From prince you have principality. Principality is not necessarily a demon title. But it speaks of that which has authority. Principality is from the word principal. So anytime you see people talking about principalities and powers, they think it has to do with devil. Not at all. From principal, you have principality. Now principal is the head. Principality is authority that the principal exercises. So the head of a nation as an, a guiding angel of a nation is a principality. That would take me to Ephesians 3.10. Maybe I'll have to deal with that. When the Bible said, the church. Can you get that? Okay. And you have to see what he's talking about. He's not talking about devils. <laughs> I will explain that to you. Because you see, when you get down to the tabernacle and the curtains, you find that angels were designed on the curtain. Why? Because angels gave the law. But now in this new order, that's another story. Let's come back home. We deal with that. Okay. Are you following this? So, every nation has a principality. Now, if you get down to Daniel 10, we have one that is called the Prince of Persia. Now, you're going to say, Pastor David, now that this is a devil because <laughs> it did not allow the prayers of Daniel to come down. I'm going to explain something. Just hold on a little bit. But you know something? If you are guiding a nation, it's your responsibility to guide a nation. You don't just allow all things to come in and go out. They also need to consult you. <laughs> and he was not consulted. Hallelujah. Because he gives reports. 
So it's not necessarily devil that stopped it. I want to be, I want to say, this is a little bit controversial, but take time to study. Hallelujah. Are you there? So, like we said, principalities and powers, we're talking about the prince of the nations. When we say the prince of Persia, so it also means the prince of Babylon, the prince of Syria, the prince of Nigeria. Am I communicating? The prince of Ghana. Is that okay? Every nation has what? A prince. These prince are actually the people, like I said, comes in to give reports annually as to how those nations are performing. Okay. Let's move down a little bit. Now, I just gave this to you. I talk about Christ. Daniel 12 verse 1. Is that okay? Deuteronomy 6 verse number 7. You find out only God. I mean, Deuteronomy 7 verse number 6 down. God was taking care of Israel by himself. Is that okay? No assigned angel other than Christ. Michael is a guiding angel of God's people. He's, he's called a prince of Israel. Now if you go to Re Revelation 12, you're going to see when he said there was one in heaven and Michael. Michael simply means who is like God. That's the meaning of the word Michael. And there is no one like God. And if you study the scripture, the Bible says Michael is the archangel. Have you read that before? The word ark means chief. What it means to say when you say archangel, and there are no two or three or four archangels, there is but one archangel. What it means is he is the chief of the angels. Is that okay? So in angelic ranking, Michael, which is Christ himself. Now, you say, but how will you know this is Michael? And if Michael is the archangel, how will you know that he's Christ? Because the Bible tells us in Ephesians that it will have the head of what I mean. It will have the preeminence over all things. In other words, whether the angelic host, whatever it is, it must have the word, the preeminence. Preeminence means it has to have the first place. Are you done with me? Okay. Let's move down a little bit. The Prince of Persia is apparently one of the guiding angels of the nations. This championing of opposite sides by different angels shows that the faith of the nation is a secret awaiting the revelation from God and hidden from the angels themselves. So even this angel was actually doing what he was doing because he didn't understand what God intended to do with the nation of Israel in relation to their being in Babylon. Is anybody catching this? Just like I told you before that even the angel was supposed to be ministering spirit, they were seeking to know that which has to do with salvation that we are talking about. They have no idea about it. So what God intends to do, even some of the guiding angels have no clue as to what he determines to do. Though they can come with their reports. Praise the living God. Are we following so far? Like I said, it's a little bit of a dangerous thing, but just speak it because it connects you in terms of you being a watchman. Let's move on because our time seems to be running. Now, let me give the example I was trying to give before. In, in relation to the dethroning of King Ahab. By implication, the nation of Israel, the authority that which has to do with the kingship was now to be determined. Now, so let's read. 
In 1 Kings 22, verse 19, down to 21, 22, the Bible says, And he said, Hear thou therefore. Remember Micaiah the prophet and all other prophets. You know the story? Hear thou therefore the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne and all the host of what? Of heaven. What do you mean host of heaven? The angelic beings. Standing by him on his right and on his left. This is the gathering I was talking about. And the Lord said, Who shall persuade Ahab that he may go up and fall around Gilead? And one said, Oh, this man, and the other one said, Another man. And there came forth a spirit and stood before the Lord and said, I will persuade him. And the Lord said unto him, Wherewith? And he said, I will go forth and I will be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. And he said, Thou shalt persuade him and prevail also. Go forth and do so. Nevertheless, behold, the Lord had put a lying spirit in the mouth of all these prophets, and the Lord has spoken evil concerning thee. Now, here the dethroning of Ahab as a king was determined in the law court of God. Are you following that? And the spirit volunteered to become a lying spirit in the hands of the Lord to deceive the prophet of the king so that he might go to war and be killed. Every nation has a watcher over her as assigned by God. Did you get a connection? They all came together. It's like a report had been given in this annual convention. In the time of the face. Okay, it is the turn of Israel. So what happened? This king must go. Are you still there? So how do we get him out of... You know, can you imagine God discussing with these people? The courtiers. These are the angelic hosts, like I'm talking about, the watchers. Said, what are we going to do to get him out? It's like a corporate walk. He deciding the fate of these people and he's seeking their opinion. And one spirit just came out and said, Somebody said, Where did this spirit come from? He was right there in the meeting. Am I right? Now, watch this. God has right and he has left. You talk about the right hand of God, they are a pleasure forevermore. What about the left hand of God? They are chastisement forevermore. Because if God doesn't have a left hand, then he's not a balanced man. Every human being has left and right. Am I right? So the right hand of God, there are pleasures forevermore. The left hand of God, there are chastisement forevermore. And you see, God is so good that he doesn't know how to do evil, but he uses an angel to execute evil. So even that which you call devil is a ministering spirit to execute the evil's intentions of God when he wants to do certain things. Hallelujah. That may be hard, but that's the truth. Praise the Lord. Don't you forget what he said in Isaiah 57, I create the waster to destroy. Did he say so? Aha. Uh -huh. So who is the waster? Why did he create the waster? To destroy, he said. And the smith that blew the fire on his coals, I created them, he said. You, don't, you see, there are sometimes we try to defend God. You don't have no room to defend God. God can defend himself. Hallelujah. Are you following, are you following this picture now? So now, Ahab is simply to go. By implication, everything that was happening in the natural was decided in the spirit. Did you get that? Ahab being removed from office was not just what happened by accident or coincidence. It was a determined situation in the heavens by God and the host of heaven and a plan was put in place to be executed. This is where you are coming in now. 
So by implication, if assuming in this nation, the president or whoever is supposed to be removed from office are determined by the heavens, then you as a watchman ought to know the mind of the watchers. And that, no, let me not be in a hurry. You just, you just get it very quickly. Look at this one. Isaiah 52. If you look at verse 7. How beautiful upon the mountain are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings, that publisheth peace, that bringeth good tidings of good, that publisheth salvation, that say unto Zion that like God reign it. Thy watchmen, not watchers. Did you notice that? Thy watchmen shall lift up the voice with the voice together shall they sing for they shall see eye to eye when the Lord shall bring again what? Zion. The watchmen spiritually are ministers and others who pray for the peace of Jerusalem. These are the intercessors. The watchmen. Now, if God wants to bring salvation to Israel, the watchmen or to Zion, the watchmen ought to know. How are they going to know? They are going to actually be communicated to through the watchers. Which sometimes I believe we can feel I had a dream, I had a vision or something like that. These are watchers coming to give you information as watchmen so that you can pray right and pray accurately. Praise the Lord. Are you following this? It's important you know this. So, in Daniel, we had watchers. In Isaiah, we are talking about what? Watchmen. The watchmen must be in alliance with the watchers to be able to pray out the will of God because they determine what happens in the heavens. You don't know. But because you walk with them, they communicate to you what God has in mind. But it is you that make the pronouncement. You see where authority lies? Because they, you see, can you see what the spirit did in First Kings? It was not the spirit that came and said, Ahab died. But he had to use vessels. He had to enter into vessels. Are you following this? The vessel now spoke a convincing word to Ahab for him to go and kill himself. So, you as the watchman function like the prophets that receive that spirit from the throne to execute the mind of God on the face of the earth. So, you have the watchers and you have the watchmen. And I want to challenge you today that if you truly come to stand in this office, don't you forget what we said last week, as long as Samuel was standing, hmm? in all his days, no Philistines could come. I, I want to believe the same thing, that if you really have come to that place as being an intercessor, you must begin to get into consonant and relationship with the watchers of the heaven to receive certain information that the entire church do not have. Hallelujah. So whether you call it dreams or visions or hearing the voice of God, he must work for it. Because that's what you need to be a true 
intercessor with authority. If you want to change things on the earth, you must align with heaven. Hallelujah. Okay, look at this. Daniel 4. If you look at Daniel 4, verse 17, say, we read of the decree of the watchers. Did you get that? All right. He said, the dethroning of King Nebuchadnezzar for seven years with the heart of a beast was released by the watchers, which must be seen by the watchmen and to have it implemented on the earth. The watchers agreed in the court and said, this man should go into the, let him go to the forest for seven years. Let him have the half of the beast. They have already decided. But the people who made this pronouncement basically are the watchmen. Did you get that? You know why this is important? Because you must understand the Bible says whatever is bound in heaven is bound on earth. Whatever is lose in heaven, you lose on earth. That means you as a watchman, you don't have your own authority. You function with the authority of heaven. Now, how do you know what is bound in the heaven for you to ban it or not yet? It's only when you are in agreement with the watchmen, I mean the watchers, who makes the decree. So for instance, we already do know that the, 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 the throneship or the, the, the kingship of, of, of Ahab have been determined in the spirit realm. And the Bible now says because it's the decree of the watchers. And then we're also, okay, let me see read something. Meaning the intercessors must align themselves with the heavens, heaven's thoughts and mandate for things to work effectively. And this is what we mean by a governmental people or church. What is bound in heaven is bound on it. And what is losing heaven is losing it. Now, when people function in this way, we call them governmental church or governmental people. You may, you may take that name, but you're not functioning in that capacity. Because you see, Daniel was a governmental person. Is that okay? He could hold, thank you, he could hold the whole of Israel in his arms through his prayers, present them to God, and release them. That is how powerful he was as an intercessor. And the same thing we find in 1 Kings chapter 18 that uh, Elijah did. He got all the 12 stones together. That's a governmental authority. And whatever he did to those stones was definitely going to happen to Israel. Did you get that? So I want you to understand your place. Don't take your intercessory work lightly. Know exactly why you are an intercessor. And what you can accomplish on the face of the earth because you are an intercessor. One of the major advantages is that you are open to the heavenly information. Because anytime God wants to execute a plan, he wants to consult you. He needs you to be able to execute it. And to me, it's very important. I mean, to me, it's the best life anybody can live. Praise God. I don't know if that's where I'm going to stop. Now, December 17, you see, this is the decree of the watcher. I said, the demand of the holy ones. There's a decree, there's a demand. If you read that, Daniel 4, verse 17, very well. Is that okay? That is 
determination, namely as to the change to which Nebuchadnezzar is to be doomed. God presides over the affairs of this council of angelic beings. His decree and word are therefore said to be theirs. Did you get that? God determined as, okay, this is what I want to do over this nation. And then they take what God wants to do and implement it. And in implementing it, they want to use you, who is smarter here, to implement it. I gave you a typical example. You see the spirit coming and say, I am going to go. But the spirit didn't go straight to Ahab. The spirit went to human vessels. Did you get that? And make pronouncement which is negative. So, why it is God's word to say, okay, this nation must come down. The watchers in heaven, we agree with has to do with the decrees and are demanded by the holy ones. It means there have to be this agreement. Everything they intend to do, which they must do, is that which God himself have done what? Have determined. So, there are some prayers that we can't even pray. Except we are sure God have determined that it should be so. When I say that, I'm saying it this way. For us to get result without interference. For us to get result without thinking that well, we've been struggling over this matter, nothing is happening. We need to open up and pull up our antennas and get some information about this situation. Hallelujah. We need to get some information. Because once you know See Jesus praying. Father, that they might know that you sent me. In other words, he didn't intend to pray for the people to hear about the resurrection of Lazarus. Are you following what I'm talking about? So, but for the people to believe and to know Lazarus' comfort. Now, can you imagine that kind of prayer? <laughs> I wish you can easily get to that level too. It's simply words. Now, what is it? He said in John 6. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So when he said Lazarus comfort, there was an impartation of spirit upon the dead bones and flesh of Lazarus. Just like the dry bone received a word from Ezekiel and the bones and the flesh begin to come together. You as an intercessor, your words must come to the place where they carry life and not just speaking. And when you come to this place that I'm talking about, knowing that this is, if you go back, go back and study that first Kings chapter 18 and see how Elijah approached the issue. The word of the Lord came to Elijah, go and tell Ahab. Remember that? And he said, God, that they may know that I am your prophet. You have sent me. Let this happen. He didn't take the glory to himself. He gave it back to God. He's standing on what God said. And it's very important. That if we truly want to make impact. If we truly must change our cities. If we truly must change, we must know. You see, what pains me. In those days when he used to ask me to go and join intercessors. What pains me is they know so much about the devils. And they know nothing about the watchers. They will always tell you about the spirit controlling the nations. But they can never tell you that there is a watcher that's controlling that particular nation. 
As far as I'm concerned, if there are spirits that are controlling nation, they are only interfering or want to interfere. But for me, God gave the authority to a specific spirit. And every nation has its own spirit. You need to know who that spirit is that controls Nigeria. I'm talking about the one that gives report annually about how Nigeria should be. The intercessors must tell us. They must know. Hallelujah. Come on, am I talking to someone here? That may look like a serious assignment, but you need to know. You see, Daniel encountered one, and he called him the Prince of Persia. Now you should be able to understand and come to the place where he encounter the Prince of Nigeria. Every nation has a prince. God bless you. 